0: So tonight, um, we're going to uh, probably get through this whole lesson, I'm hoping, tonight. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the creation. Um, the last time we were together, we talked about God's decree. Um, the, before that, we talked about um, God's Word and how God's Word was foundational, what, uh, what the Bible is and what makes the books that make up the Bible, etc. But tonight, we're going to focus on the creation. And it's very important uh, for several reasons for us to do that. Um, And so uh, tonight I hope that you can see the importance of what we're going to study. Let's go ahead. We'll open with a word of prayer. And if you want to go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 1, that's where we'll get started. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for the privilege and the joy of being able to come here and share your truth and your love with the men and women in this room. And uh, Lord, you know us all. Uh, You formed us in our mother's womb. Uh, You you know our every breath, our every thought, our every hope and dream, our every fear and doubt, all of our anxieties. Um, You know our shortcomings. You know who we are inside and out because you are our creator. And so tonight, Lord, as we open up your word and we speak of you as creator, help us to grasp uh, what we're supposed to learn and what we're supposed to take from this lesson. Help us to see the importance of understanding your word and understanding what it says. And take these words and bury them deep in our hearts that we might not sin against you, that we might understand you better, that we might grow closer to you through your truth. Your word is truth. So in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, when you begin reading the Bible, um, almost anybody that has ever attempted to read the Bible usually gets through the book of Genesis. And most people are familiar with in some sense with the first two chapters, which is the creation story. but well, there are all kind of different views and different understandings of what it teaches. And so tonight, we're going to kind of look at a couple of the main points of the creation account in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And one of the main reasons we're doing that is because the creation is foundational. Um, God is the creator. God is the creator, and we are His creation. And every false teaching, or almost every false teaching, every heresy that has ever spun off from the church has always blurred the distinction between Creator and creation. It's where we get in trouble. When we start blurring the line between Creator and creation. And and what God has done here is He has shared with us how He created the world. And that is a foundational truth, that He is the Creator, and that He is all-powerful, that He is the one that created it, and that He's in control of it. And that's very important for us to remember. And so, there are so many errors that come up from blurring the distinction between Creator and creation. And um, all forms of idolatry, all forms of idolatry, whatever they are, are man and his attempts to turn from the Creator and look to the creation to provide for him the things only the Creator can provide. And so it's very important for us to see how God created the world and what He created and always maintain that strict line of distinction between Creator and creation. Today, as we look at this, we're going to see... That Jesus is the Creator, and in order for you to believe that, you have to be a very small group of people who believe in the Trinity. You have to believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and um, you have to believe that Jesus is Creator. And if Jesus is Creator, that means Jesus is what? He's God. And that is one of the major dividing lines between you as a born again, blood bought child of God, as a Christian as someone who adheres to the Bible, and anyone else in the world. You can sit down at a table with a Jehovah Witness, and a Muslim, and a Mormon, and you can sit down with any of the the other groups that are out there, and sit down at a table with them, and they will agree with you all day, break bread with you, and have a good meal, as long as you want to talk about how Jesus is a good man, that He was a prophet, that He was an enlightened one by God. But the moment you make the statement that He is God you were going to break that communion and that fellowship with all of those people at that table. Because only Christians believe that He is God. And the Trinity is an amazing mystery. And it's so hard to understand. And there's a reason why it's hard to understand. And we've talked about this in the past. The reality is, is that God is the Creator and we are the creation. Yeah. And if we could understand Him, that would make us equal with Him. But the mystery of the Trinity is so amazing and so profound and so deep and so eternal that our small minds can't grasp it. And so what you'll see is you'll see people trying to tell you what the Trinity is like. And so the moment that you say the Trinity is like, you have immediately stepped off into some, some heresy. Because God is the holy, holy, holy God. God. And remember, what does the word holy mean? He's other than. He's set apart. He's, he's completely other than us. He's holy, holy, holy. And for me to think that I can understand Him or or, or, or lock Him into my mind, into my thought process, into my, my understanding, it's too big. It's too rich. It's too deep. So when I say, well, God is like uh, a man. He's a Father, and He's a Son, and He also has a Spirit. That's a heresy. It's known as modalism. It means that God is in different modes. Or God is like water. He can be ice, and He can be steam, and He can be water. But again, as soon as you say God is like, you've immediately limited Him. To your understanding and your ability to express it. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take the Scriptures and let them speak for themselves. So let's go ahead and turn. Um, it says uh, it, on our creedal statement, it says, God is the Creator in the beginning. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was pleased to demonstrate the glory of His eternal power, wisdom, and goodness to create or make the world and everything in it both visible and invisible In six days. Alright? So the first statement we see there is that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit... Notice how it says that. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was pleased to demonstrate the glory of His eternal power. Notice it didn't say their eternal power. Alright? God is one being. God is three persons. One being. Three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit... One being, three persons. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. When Jesus was being baptized, when He was standing waist deep in water in the Jordan River, His Father's voice spoke from heaven. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and He said, This is My Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus is not a ventriloquist. He was not throwing his voice and making it come back. Now, the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. And the Spirit is not the Father. They are one being in three persons. And what we're seeing here is that in the creation, the Trinity was at work. The Trinity was at work. So look at that. In Genesis chapter one, it says, "In the beginning, God." created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, now notice that's a capital S, isn't it? All right. yeah. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Alright, so one of the pictures that you need to see in that very first statement of creation is Is that God spoke into the chaos It was chaos and God spoke order into it There was no such thing as light, there was no such thing as space There was no such thing as time Because all of those things are created by God See at the bottom of that statement it says both, all things both visible and invisible so time and space and matter, everything in the universe was created by the Creator, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see there God created heaven heavens and earth, and it was the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God hovered over the face deep. And so right away we see at least two members of the Trinity. We see God, Elohim, the Father, and we see the Holy Spirit. Okay, he was moving over the surface of the waters. And I want to kind of look and see something that it hints to in verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. And what happens? There was light. Look in verse 6. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the water from the water. And look in verse 9. What does it say there? Then God said... Let there be an expanse. And verse nine, God said, "Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place." And verse eleven, then God said, "Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind and seed after them." And it was so. And verse fourteen, then God said, "Let there be lights in the expanse." And in verse uh, twenty, then God said, "Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures." All right, if you look in verse. 24, then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind. So, what is the the method that God is using to create? His word. And He is speaking, His word is doing the creating. And there's a, a funny little fancy term you can impress your friends with. It's Latin. It's called ex nihilo, ex nihilo. It means out of nothing. All right, so God created everything out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing. And you and I can't grasp that because we're something. We'll never be able to understand that because we are something right. and we will never be able to grasp what nothing is. Right. We're surrounded by time and space and matter. We're We're surrounded by the creation. Yes. And we are limited by the creation. The Creator is not. You see how that works? We're limited because we are creation. The Creator is not limited. So, we know that God said, God said, God said. So, He spoke everything into existence, right? Now, I want you to look at verse 26. I'm sorry. In verse... Yeah, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle of over all the earth and over the creeping things that creep on the earth. Alright? So, who is talking there? And who is he talking to? The angels. The angels, the earth, the creation. But he's also talking to himself. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a, that's a, they're having communion. Let us make man in our image. And so everything about the creation has the Father, the Son, and Spirit at work. And did you know that everything about your salvation is the same? The Father foreordained that you were going to be His before the world was ever created. And He sent His Son who came and died on a cross to claim you. And His Son died. They buried Him in a grave. Three days later, He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And now what has He done? He has sent, They have sent their spirit, His Spirit to the earth to claim what Jesus died on the cross to redeem. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are at work not only in the creation, but in your redemption your return to salvation from the fall. Now, next time we get together, we're going to get into the fall. But it's really neat to see that. So God said, let us make man in our image. It almost sounds like he's bipolar or something. He's like he's talking... But that's not the case. He's literally... It's, it's, a, it's a dialogue between the Trinity. And the Scriptures are allowing you and I to see something beautiful there. He's speaking to the angels. He's speaking to all of the creation around Him because man was the, the apex of the creation. And there is one difference in man and all of the rest of creation. What is the difference in man and the rest of the creation? A free war, right? Well, it, animals have spirits because it said, who knows whether the spirit of an animal goes up or down in the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. God. We are created in the imago Deo. We are created like God. We are not God. We are created like Him. We are a reflection of who He is. When Jesus came and walked the earth, He showed us. What did He say to Thomas? If you have seen Me, you have seen the Father. He is the direct image of His Father. And before Adam fell, we were in His likeness. But the image of God has been distorted in me and you. We're not what we're supposed to be. Because of sin and because of the fall. Because somebody said free will earlier. Because of free will, we lost our free will. We lost the image of God that we have. And so he created man in his likeness so that man could rule. Does that sound familiar? God is a ruler. And does man create? Well, we, we, we do. We, uh, how many of y'all in here like to write poetry or sing music or the art or design work or write, write things, right? We all have a creative nature in us. Every one of you know you sound good when you sing in the shower, right? right? Uh, or, or with the air conditioner up in the car riding down the road. You sound really good, right? Really good. So the, the reality is, is, and we can appreciate the creation. We appreciate it. How many times have you laid on a beach and said, man, this is good? Right? Or watched the sun go down or laid out in the desert on your back and watched the stars. of kind of said man, this is good. Why? Because God created us in His image and we can appreciate what He created. That's really beautiful to think about. But I want to focus again back at 26. God said, let us make man in our image. And so what we've seen so far is we've seen the Father and the Spirit, but not really the Son. How? In what ways could we have said we have seen the sun and what we've read so far? The word. Good, very good. So uh, we're going to go really quickly. Keep your mark there. Let's go to John 1 and look at that together. All
1: right. John 1.
0: John chapter 1, and we'll look at the the first couple verses there. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, And the light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. There was a darkness over the face of the deep and God said, let there be light. There was a man come from God whose name was John. He came to witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which was coming into the world and enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know Him. Alright? So look back up at one again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through Him. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then if you look at verse 14, what does it say? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now... Why is it that we can't see Jesus literally in Genesis chapter 1 and 2? We can't really literally physically see Him in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, can we? Why? Good, that's exactly right. Because He came into the world as a man. As a son of Adam. And a son of God. Right? Right? And so, it was not revealed to mankind who Jesus was until after He was born of the virgin. Now, you and I, because we have the full revelation of the Word of God, we can look back at these all over it now, can't we? Let there be light. Hey, He is the light of the world. And whoever follows Him will never walk in darkness. That's Jesus. He's the Word. The Word became flesh. And God said, and God said, and God said... So, but it takes the full revelation and it takes us putting on our New Testament spectacles to be able to see into the Old Testament and see Christ there. But He was there the whole time, wasn't He? He is the Creator. So, in the beginning, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were pleased to demonstrate the glory of His eternal power, wisdom, and goodness to create the world and make everything in it both invisible and visible. So, are angels visible?
1: yes and no I ain't never seen that oh, the you wouldn't spirit. know,
0: okay. they're spirits
1: yeah,
0: they, they can manifest themselves in ways that we can see them right. but we can't see them because they're spirit they're created oh. just like well God created them as spirits alright right. they can manifest themselves and appear angels can appear as men yeah. but so. they, they don't eat right they don't they don't they, they don't they're spirits so you can't see them with their eyes unless they manifest themselves too. So Ezekiel saw them, didn't he? Right, in heaven. But, and and Abraham saw three of them when they came and sat down in the tent with him and Sarah and had a meal. But we can't see angels because they're spirits. The point I'm trying to make is this. God created all things visible and invisible. So the spiritual realm He created too. And again, time and space and... and Time and space are not things that you can see with your eyes. Matter you can see, but time and space are invisible. But He created it all. And one thing that we always need to remember is, He created the devil too. I mean, He created the devil. Why do I emphasize that? Why is that so important? Because He is the Creator, and the devil is a part of the creation. And the creation will never rule over the Creator. And the creation can never do anything that the Creator does not allow. The devil is limited in what he can do, and he's limited by our Creator, right? Should I respect demons and angels? Yes, they're very powerful beings, and they're very deceptive, and they can, the bad ones can get up in our business and really put a hurting on us. But the reality is, is that's what I, I don't need to focus on that. I need to focus on the fact that I have a creator who loves me and sent his son to die for me. And that I don't have to be afraid because I know who I believe in. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me. And so I don't have to be afraid of those kind of things. But when he created the devil, he created him good. So, look look again. God... Uh, God said in verse 6, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let them separate the waters from the water. God made the expanse to separate the waters which were below, and the expanse from the waters which were above, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the second day. And God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was. Good, all right. So, everything that God made was good. Y'all, none of y'all ever seen that little sticker? I know I'm something because God don't make junk. Y'all seen that? Any of y'all seen that stuff before? Right, you were good when God created the devil, he was good, but there are a lot of things in this world that are not good now, right? And Paul said, In my flesh dwelleth no good thing, you see. We're going to find out what happens next week in the fall. But remember, God created everything good. And what was it for? To express His power and His wisdom and His goodness. He created the world and everything in it, both visible and visible. And He created it in six days. Now, how many of you in here think that that was a literal six days? A literal six days. It took Him six days to create it. How many of y'all believe that? I? I do too. I believe it was six days.
1: Right?
0: right? Now, a lot of people say, well, the earth is millions of years old. How could he have just made it in a That would mean that the earth is only like 6,000 years old. I'm just going to go with what the Bible says, and the scientists can say whatever they want. Okay? Because I do know this. On the seventh day, he rested. And he didn't rest for a thousand years. He established the Sabbath day on the seventh day, it was a day of rest. And so I believe that he created the heaven and the earth and everything in it in six literal days. It took six days. God can speak things ex nihilo, what? Out of nothing. Right? And so that's something that you're going to have to wrestle with. And that's something that everybody wrestles with. And there are a lot of very, very uh, well educated and well intended pastors all around the world that believe that the earth was not created in a literal six days that it's just a span of time and that they use days to help us to understand how he's setting it off but I do believe that a God who can bring life from death and who can give me eternal life and who is the creator of everything can speak things through into existence and he can do it in a 24 hour period if he wants to and I have no reason to bend from that because that's how it's established. And so, what happens is when you begin to start questioning that, that six. So, 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 if I question that literal day, let's, well, let's question Adam. Was Adam a real person? You know? Or was, did, did evolution really take place? And, then I, and we're just using Adam as a metaphor for how man got started? You see, you see, I mean, you see the, the, the ground that you go to, the slippery slope you get on, when you start saying everything was just figurative or metaphoric language. Now, there are things in the Bible that are figurative and metaphorical. Yes, it is. Uh, in, in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty, uh, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God, I will say to him, He is my fortune, my refuge, my God, and whom I trust. And there's a verse in there that says that he will cover you with his pinions, his feathers that God will wrap His feathers around you and cover you. That's a metaphor. It's talking about how a mother hen circles her chicks. Jesus doesn't have feathers. But He did spread His arms on a tree and take a death you deserve so that you could have a life you could never earn. And when we trust in Him, He does cover us in His goodness. So there are places in the Bible where things are definitely metaphorical. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You, you see? I mean, uh, why did they use that term? Because back then everybody had sheep and they understood shepherds and sheep. And it's a very beautiful way for us to understand Jesus and, and how He takes care of us. So there are things in the Bible that are metaphorical. But when it comes to the creation account, I think that God was establishing it at the very beginning. God said, God said, God said, God said. God said. And it was good, it was good, it was good,
1: it was good.
0: And I'm just gonna rest in that. Six days. Right? Yes, sir. You have something you wanna bring
1: up? Uh so um let's see how it work this. Um so why all right, so you know, God created the earth, everything in six days, but at the same time, how why why couldn't the universe be um, doing years old too, you know. But like, what, what am I, what am I missing? Like, I mean, see what I'm getting
0: at, sort of. Yeah, I do. I understand. So, what, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take science and what you've been taught yeah. in science and make it, make, make it make sense of this.
1: Well, what about all the dinosaur bones? I've been to the Smithsonian and seen all them that are carbon dated.
0: There's nothing in the scriptures that didn't say he didn't make the dinosaurs. That's
1: right, but if they're millions of years old and they did earth millions of years ago earth only 6,000
0: years old how that? right but where where does the where does the idea that they're a million years old come from the Carbon dating. yeah and they've proved carbon dating is uh, it's all flawed so what if what if God created the dinosaurs and they died out in 2,000 years cave
1: man and all that yeah it's,
0: yeah. So that those are human beings. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great question you're asking. Yeah. So what about evolution? Did did we did he create us as monkeys and then we evolved into men? Like to have you know the Neanderthal and the Cro-Magnon and the, like you, yeah. we've all seen that picture with the little monkey fella and then the people yeah. going yeah. and then finally the erect man. Okay. So here's the question I have for you: If we started from monkeys and now we're men. We still have monkeys, do we not? And we have men. Show me one monkey man. Like if we still have what we started from and we still have the end point, there's got to be one monkey man running around somewhere.
1: Well, we killed everything else off. Why couldn't we have killed them
0: all? Well, so here's what the Bible says is that God created every species after its kind. Right? So He created monkeys and He created men.
1: So, the skulls of the
0: Neanderthals that they have. They're human skulls. Nobody's debating that they're not human skulls. It's a human skull. Sorry? Just debating. Yes, sir. Where I'm at on it is,
1: and this just means because, I mean, I'm not really into the scientific aspect of it all. I just take God's word for what it is, and I just know that He
0: created right. everything, and there is a God. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, again, so listen, I don't want to distract from you chasing after answers that you need.
1: Yeah, well, I, did, I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college to learn all this stuff. Yeah.
0: Now I'm here learning something totally different. Sure, and, and that's legit. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, hey, hey, whoa, 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 this is, he, hes saying something legit. No, no, he's—he's being—he's se- being serious, and that's something legit. All right, and so there are all kind of speculations out there, so-called science, all right? So, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What come first?
1: That's, a, uh, that's a, what do you call a trick question.
0: No, it's not a trick question. Because cause look, because look, look in
1: verse. God
0: created like all animals first. Let me see. Let me find it. Let's look at verse 20. Then God said, "Let the water teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly from the earth in the open expanse of the sea." Where did the
1: water come from? from the earth. God said yeah. let there be water. Right. so God never said let there be water. So God's spirit God was over the water, the water. The water yeah. was
0: God dead. created everything. But everything invisible rivers, and invisible. Water, so so think about that. So I can sit around and I can go to a I can go to a science class in a college room and argue all day about what comes yeah, first I mean, the chicken I could, or the I egg. Argue all day
1: too. But yeah. I'm not going to so, a uh, face value.
0: So, so I can argue all day what came first, the chicken or the egg. But then one day I realized, wait a minute, God created really the chicken. It, the, he created the birds. He didn't create eggs, He created chickens. Yeah. And so I can just be, I can be at rest and at peace about the fact that it was just chicken that came first because God created the bird. And then He created the way that they reproduce by having eggs. And He created every species out there. Right? He created the, the dogs and the cats and the, the, all the creeping things the herpeton is the, the word they use in the, Bible. The, the all the animals, the reptiles. And he created the whales and the great sea creatures. And he, and he created all. He created the dinosaurs. I have no problem in the world with dinosaurs. Not in one, in the least bit. But, I mean, we have skeletons. There's no way to... Right. So, so, but we've seen species die out just in our lifetime. And, I, and I'm sure that's what happened. Because the earth is devolving. So when you go to a science class in a college what they're going to tell you is man is evolving alright well here's what the Bible says Adam lived a thousand years Moses uh, lived 600 Uh, uh, Abraham only lived 120 well what does that say it said in a matter of 1400 years or 2000 years man went from living a thousand years to living 120 years why? because man was created to live forever and when he fell away from God and the curse was placed upon him, he started a process of devolving. And that's what you're seeing happen in the world all around you. Now, if that's true, then the reality is his life expectancy are getting better. They're getting worse. If that's true. So... But isn't life expectancy
1: getting a little better with modern medicine? I mean, it used to be in the 60s and 90s and 80s and 70s and 80s and a couple of years more.
0: I remember a lot of people in. I grew up in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, and I remember a lot of people, a lot of people in nursing homes at 104, 105. I don't see them much anymore. You don't see as many. So, there you can prove anything with with you can prove anything with facts and figures and science. We're seeing that today with all this nonsense going on with this COVID stuff. Like, you can prove anything you want to prove, but the reality is science is based on an order and the order was given by God. In other words, the scientists have nothing they they have data and they have they can predict they can tell you right now today scientists can tell you when the full moon is going to be in September of 2065. They can tell you what day the full moon is going to be on in September of 2065 right now. Why? Because God has placed everything in order, and it works in order. And man is able to see and observe that order. Yes?
2: I uh, would say, um, kind on of the physics, actually, they say, no matter how far we look and see, there's always an unexplainable thing, and it comes down to the perceiver, the person that is seeing that, that changes the application or the, the order of things. So, you
0: know, I think we all are given a different perception right, right. So, but, so, and what that, would, what that would indicate is is that that, that um, reality and truth is just perception right. it, comes,
2: it comes from God God gives us
0: each he gives us the ability to see it so, but the reality is this all truth is God's truth and man is very capable of observing truth observing truth but man is also very capable of rejecting truth and there's a, I, I mean, I have no doubt it's God. I just, I feel like there's a gap in there somewhere. A gap? What, you, what you mean by a a time, time? Yeah. A time? A gap? Time gap? Right. So okay. So there's, there, there's a lot of people that believe in the gap theory. They believe that what you're seeing in Genesis one and two is millions of years ago, and then the Eden story and Adam is, is you know, after that gap, and then it gets started. And so that's the way. But, but again you're either going to have to bend your science to God's word or bend God's word to your science yeah, I mean one, one way or the other that's going to have to happen and the reality is is that you will never explain a man who hung on a cross and died and gave up his spirit and laying in a grave for three days and walking out of there alive there's no lab in the world that's going to be able to prove that and you're going to have to take that by faith You see, like you can't, you can't prove resurrection from the dead with science. That's that's exactly right. And so, if if we can get to the reality that God created everything, and all truth is God's truth, and man is very capable of observing God's of observing God's truth, but man is also very capable of twisting God's truth. And that's something we're going to see immediately in the fall. Okay, so, remember, I, I really, we are We won't get done tonight, of course. Right, That's right, all. Right. It's okay. No, I, I'm glad you asked the questions you did. They're very important questions. I'm not shutting that. Um, but we have more to talk about in the creation still, but I want to remind you of something. The fall of man was brought about by Satan. Mm-hmm. And Satan's scheme was this. You ready? Did God really say... Mm-hmm. That's how Satan approached Eve. Did God really say that you cannot eat from all of these trees out here? So what was the question?
1: Dude.
0: Can you trust God's Word? Is God true? Did He really say that? Yes, he did. Right. Yes.
1: How long after the creation did God send the devil
0: down? I don't know. And you won't and find that in Scripture. A, it had to have
1: been within...
0: I don't know. I, I I I'm just being honest. Yeah, I do one not one know one the one answer guy. to that. I I don't know the answer to that. Because
1: they were pretty much created in the same week, right?
0: Um, Adam from and the from, devil, right? from he created all things visible and invisible. So that means he created the angels, but we don't know the time span between when he created the angels because they're not mentioned. And he was and and that and let us make man in our image. He was speaking to the, the, the eternal order. The, the angels and the, and the Father and the Son and the Spirit were all in conversation. So I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how, how long it was before Satan led the rebellion and they got thrown and cast out of heaven. I don't know that. And, I, and the Scriptures don't go into that. Um, yes? I just have a quick question.
2: How come we can't praise Satan away Like, you know, if we have the ability to pray and have faith and move mountains, why can't everybody just get together and just say, abolish you, get rid of you, you're out of my
0: life? Because, so there's a guy named Martin Luther. I don't know if you ever heard him or not. He started a Lutheran church. He said it this way Even the devil is God's devil. In other words, all of the wicked things that the devil is using is being turned around and used for the glory of God and our good even the wicked things that happen, God is going to use them for His glory and our good. And so, um, it's funny you bring that up, because if you read Romans chapter 8, we're doing doing that at church, and in Romans chapter 8, it talks about how this whole earth is grown and and the creation is under this curse. But what? And and we would love to pray away all the sickness and pray away all the diseases and pray away all of the demonic influences and things like that. But the reality is this: we'll see it when we get into the fall. The suffering and the pain that we're going through in this life is not natural; it's judicial. What do I mean by that? The suffering and the pain and the heartaches and the hurt and all of the turmoil that this world is in, all the chaos that this world is in, is not natural because when God created everything, He created it what? Good. All of the suffering and the pain and the heartaches and all of those things that we're trying to pray away are a part of God's judgment on this world. Well, the generational curse would be Adam. (laughs) like... His whole gener all his kids, all of his offspring are cursed. The whole world is under a curse. And it's judicial from God. Like God is not up in heaven pulling his hair when somebody dies from cancer and going, Oh, I can't believe they died from cancer. When when a nuclear bomb is dropped on a people and kills twenty thousand people in a country, God is not in heaven going, Oh, I can't believe that happened. And so remember, all of the evil and all of the wicked in this world is not God. God is not the uh, cause of all of evil. God is not the cause, but He does allow it. And the amazing thing is that in Him allowing it, it's always going to work out for His glory and our good. Remember what Joseph said? Uh, remember, Remember what he said? You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. We... I guarantee you that somebody in this class I guarantee you somebody in the last month has quoted this verse to you. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. Right? Now what that verse does not say is we know that all things are good. It says we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. And what you and I, as a child of God, what you will be able to do as a child of God, is understand that God is at work even in the suffering and pain. And so, um, read the book of Job if you want to. Ask, Job couldn't, you know, Job couldn't pray away the devil. And God gave the devil free wrong. All the only thing that Joe, the only thing that the devil couldn't do to Job was kill him. He killed his kids. Wiped out all of his, his fortunes. Destroyed him. And the whole purpose behind it was because God said, Job is mine and he will never curse me. And so why did God allow the devil to attack Job? To, try. to prove to the devil that those that belong to God will always belong to God and there's nothing you can do to separate them from Him.
2: That's
0: right. And so... Um, that's one of the problems that I have with all the names. Like, listen, when you hear people claiming stuff like um, "I decree this over your life" or "I claim this over your life," they're speaking ex nihilo. That's a scary thing to be doing. In other words, I, I proclaim that you're going to be, you're going to have lots of money, or um, I- I'm rebuking that cancer in you and saying it's going away. That's a really scary thing to do. Because you're you're acting like God. You're trying to speak something out of existence. This is what you do. You say, oh God, I'm a broken and a busted man. And I'm sick. And if it be your will, please heal me. And if it not be your will, please allow me to see your glory at work in it. And you're going to see it in your life. Every one of you are going to see it in your life. Satan ripped your life apart. If you're in this room today and you're struggling with drugs and alcohol, or you struggled with a past with drugs and alcohol, I can promise you that there was a spiritual warfare going on in your life that was well beyond your control and it owned you. Oh yes. And you hurt a lot of people and a lot of people hurt you, mm-hmm. and you lived, did a lot of really bad things and a lot of really bad things were done to you. But the reality is, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Yes. Yeah. And what's gonna happen is one day you're gonna be able to turn around and help somebody else that's going through the things that you're going through. And that's the difference in a child of God and a child of the world. The child of God is gonna be able to realize that, yeah, this world's really screwed up and I'm a part of it. I, I'm I'm a major contributor. But thank God that He's there and that He loves me. Yes to be honest, John. There's a movie called Pay It
2: Forward. You ever seen that? No, ma'am, I have not seen yeah. Pay It Forward.
0: It's I'm, a good a movie. movie. All right, you're pay it forward. To
2: help somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yes, very good. But but again, um, remember, in, in the book of Jude, when the angel was fighting with Satan over the body of Moses, the angel that was fighting Satan said, the Lord rebuke you. The angel said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't say, I rebuke you devil in the name of Jesus. So, uh, I, so, as Christians, we're not supposed to do that. Huh? As Christians, we're not supposed to do that. As Christians, you put your trust in God and don't focus, like don't focus on the devil. Doesn't
2: say anywhere in the Bible to rebuke anything.
0: Right? No, there's no command for us to rebuke Satan. No, okay. and he would laugh at you, like he's like what? Really? <laughs> he's allowed to do it. God allows him to do what he does. He's in and, and so the reality is, so we're we really got, we got about to run out of time. Let me share this with you really quickly. I've worked for eight years in um, children's mental health. And there's a lot of spiritual warfare that goes on there. And one of the things that I learned when I first started going to that, the devil would love for you to come into a room with holy oil and start rebuking him and trying to have an exorcism. Like, he's all about that. Because that's noise, and it's loud, and it's obnoxious, and it draws attention to Him. But, you take the Word of God and sit down with those kids and start reading the Word of God to them. The truth, it's, 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 not, about, it's not about you beating up the devil. It's about you confronting him with a truth that he cannot deny. It's about you reading the truth to people. And it's the truth that sets them free. And so you don't have to beat the devil up or you don't have to bind the... That's, jo- that's God's job. That's not our job. Our job is to proclaim the truth and let the truth do what it does. So um, I, when I first started working with kids, I ran into a lot of demonic activity. And I used to read a lot of books about you know, like Neil Anderson's The Bondage Breaker and some different things like that. Spiritual warfare books. Uh, Frank Peretti, This Present Darkness. There's a lot of books out there about spiritual warfare. Well, what I found out was um, if I would just simply pray on the armor of God before I walk into that facility and take a Bible and open up the Word, His Word does exactly what it promises to do. It sets people free. And it's not holy oil and it's not me rebuking people. It's none of that. It's God's truth. That's what sets God people for
1: other people to, you know, give them the spiritual gifts and work through them to maybe heal somebody or Yeah, didn't the, didn't, didn't the Bible say that, that God gave us the the ability to do the same thing? Greater works. Yeah. Yeah. Greater in
0: greater in scope, not in power. In other words, Jesus was in a Jesus was in Jerusalem in a little sixty mile plot in the world. The, the, the Christian the gospel message has gone out to all over the world. It is greater because we're going all over the world with it. Like and, and we have the full revelation. We have everything. We we have the we, we have the writings from the apostles. The apostles didn't even have the writings of the apostles. So we have everything that we need in this truth. So um, again the truth is what we need. And that truth comes in His Word, and I can promise you that one of the main ways that people get led astray is through the abracadabra, the hocus pocus stuff, the feelings, and the premonitions, and the uh, "I sense this." Didn't Jesus
1: give the disciples power to heal people as well, too?
0: Yes, He certainly did. So maybe I'm missing something. What you're saying? Um, I, I don't think so. I, Jesus is still in the healing business today, but he does—he's never healed on command. Like, and he—and he, I mean, he's not—he's going to heal the people that he wants to heal, and it's not me going and standing over them and praying over them that's going to heal them. I can't, I'm commanded, if someone's sick in my church, I'm commanded to go or let the elders of my church go and pray over them. But that's not a guarantee that they're going to be healed. The end of the right. So when Jesus was healing people, when the apostles were healing people in the Bible, it, it didn't always work either. Like, remember, he, they came down from the mountain, and it was like, we couldn't cast a demon out of this guy. The reality is this. We are to share the truth of God's Word. We are to proclaim the Gospel. And we are to focus on the eternal things and not the temporary things. Like, and we can get very quickly sidetracked if we focus on temporal things. I think it's a, I think it's a cry and shame for some of these pastors to go into a hospital and somebody have stage 4 cancer and tell them that God's will is for them to be healed. That's exactly right, and that's a, that's a sin. That's that's a horrible thing to say. You have got family and friends all standing around, and you go in there and grab a guy's hand and say, "It's God's will for you to be healed." There's there's pastors that do that. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes we just need belief from somebody else, like outside ourselves. Like, um, so if, if you think that it's God's will, then it, it like works together, and and you accept that from God. To to dumb it down like the placebo effect, people were given the sugar pills I and mean, they they were thinking they were being healed. But when we think they use a greater, it allows it to open up a little bit. I don't know.
0: Okay, so faith faith has got to be in something that's true, or it's not faith. I mean, it's a false faith.
2: Well, how do we know the guy didn't tell that pastor, hey, that person could be healed?
0: Okay because if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I have a word for you from God and they're not bringing it from the scriptures, I'm not going to listen to them Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: because what they're doing is they're speaking for God
1: yeah.
0: they're putting words in God's mouth
1: I actually had a question yeah. earlier,
2: like, I mean, this Bible is so old, how come we don't have a current Bible like, how, how come we're not creating current times of what God is doing for us and for his people
0: that's a really good question. It's not. I would love to answer that. Maybe sometime. Not a good that, that would be. It would take forever. But it's a really good question you're asking. That's a legitimate question. Um, I wish I could answer that for you tonight. I just. I just don't have the time. Um, so that's how I'm close with a word of prayer. <clears throat> I do encourage y'all's question, guys. These are great questions you're asking, and I don't know all the answers. I mean, I'm going to be the first to tell you that. But I do know that I do know that there is a lot of nonsense going on in the churches today. By these name it and claim it prosperity, people that are just saying that God's will for you is just for you to be healthy and happy and rich. This is yeah, it's in current English. It's, yeah. it's correct. I just light. Yeah. Let's um let's close with a word of prayer. Thank y'all for your question. I'll try to answer that for you sometime. I really will. For some of the people that have been a part of our group we actually went through talking about what the Word of God is and how we have it and where it's come from and why it's not changing but we've done that in the past I just don't have time tonight so thank you all for your time thank you for your question I do not want to I do not in any way want to hinder any of you from asking questions there's nothing in the world wrong with questioning God if you're looking for truth and answers Our problem as human beings, and you need to be careful about this, is a lot of times we're asking questions because we don't want to know the answer. We're trying to avoid an answer that we already know is there. And so there is nothing wrong with asking questions, but you need to question your questions. Are my questions getting me closer to God, or are they actually separating me from Him? Father, thank you for this time you've given us together tonight. Thank you for um, the many folks in this room. And uh, I do know that every one of them are sincere about what they're asking. And I certainly don't have all the answers, but you do. My prayer, Father, for everyone here, and myself included, is that we can get our eyes off of this temporary world and focus on your truth, your word, your eternal truth that has always been with us and will always be with us. You tell us in Your Word that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but Your Word endures forever. Help us to focus on that ever-enduring Word and help us to let go of the things that will hinder us from knowing it. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.